بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم and welcome to the conviction project I am your host, Marij Rana, and I'm here with my friend, the Imam Farhan Iqbal. Farhan, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Farhan, you know, recently I've been reading the Quran, and, uh, you know, I also, uh, I go to a very social justice-oriented program, uh, which stands a lot for uh, feminism, gender equality, um, and all issues related to social justice. And within popular media, there is a huge debate around social justice issues. In fact, they're called um, social justice warriors, people who want to stand up um, for the rights of women uh, and the rights of various minority groups. So I was reading the Quran recently and uh, I came upon this verse which very explicitly says um, that men have a higher status than women. Um, And I was a bit perplexed. I had a lot of questions and I thought, you know, why not base our next discussion uh, on this issue? And perhaps this is an issue that would require uh, a more extensive and critical evaluation of certain parts um, to really expand on uh, this issue. And this is a criticism that's been laid down uh, within Islam um, for a long time now. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this first, specifically about this verse in the Quran, which explicitly says that men have a higher status than women. Actually, what you're quoting from is um, chapter 4, verse 35, which clearly, uh, in the very beginning, says uh, that uh, uh, men are guardians over women. Because Allah has made some of them excel others. And because they, that is the men, spend of their wealth. So this is the verse. This is what it's saying. And there are actually, this verse goes on and there are other uh, questions people have about this verse. But we're focusing on this part today about men being granted a status above women or over women. And what is going on here? Does Islam propose uh, gender equality? Or is this inequality, or is this discrimination against women, or you know, a whole bunch of whole bunch of questions as you have pointed out. And so, so what's going on here? And the response to this is that Islam is does not promote gender inequality. What Islam does is it it talks about roles of men and women in society. It talks about gender roles. So Islam is about is 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 about justice really. Islam is a just religion and based on the physique, based on the mental capacities, based on the physical abilities, based on all these things, Islam proposes roles for men and women. And I mean I'm, I'm, I'm to a lot of people, I might already be sounding as if I'm trying to justify gender inequality. But hear me out, right? Hear me out. What Islam is proposing is that men and women have roles in a society. So let's get to the very basic one. One is one role that women have in society is that they they are able to give birth to children. 
Now, men cannot do that. Men cannot be assigned a role where they they can where they give birth to children, right? So, giving birth to children is something that only women can do, right? That means that naturally they have a certain role. This is not about Islam. Just even in nature, they they have a certain role, which is that those nine months that they have to go through pregnancy, and then after that they have to breastfeed their child. That's a role that nature has defined for women. Men, on the other hand, uh, also have certain roles, right? So what Islam says is that each gender should work according to its capacities. So women, for instance, are naturally more connected with the children. And so Islam says that their primary role is to take care of the children and to make sure that uh, the children have a proper moral upbringing. And men, on the other hand, because of their physical uh, capacities, their uh, uh, stronger physical abilities in, in certain aspects, and not in all aspects, in fact. Women actually are stronger in certain aspects. For instance, uh, in terms of patience or resi resilience, I would say women are, are, are stronger. But anyways, men are, are, are because of their f stronger physical abilities, they have to go out of the house. They have to earn for their family. They have to be the breadwinners for the, the family. And their primary responsibility is to provide food for the family, to, to make sure that the family has, a, has, has food, has shelter, has clothing, and all these things. So, so these are, are roles that Islam defines. Now, these are primary responsibilities. These are not, these are not absolute. In certain cases, if uh, a, a man is not able to earn enough, his wife can help him, but not at the expense of the primary responsibility of taking care of the children. If, if the children are being taken care of, if they're in a good place, then she can definitely go out and, and also work and help the family. In the same way, when I say that the primary responsibility of the husband is to earn bread for the family, if uh, uh, the wife needs help, he has to come home and help her out in daily household chores. The Holy Prophet Muhammad وسلم, also helped out in daily chores and took care of the family at home, washed the dishes, cleaned himself, uh, cleaned, the, uh, cleaned the house and other things. These are uh, responsibilities that are primary and secondary. The primary responsibility of the husband is to earn for the family. The primary responsibility of the wife is to take care of the children. And if those primary responsibilities are taken care of, then the other responsibilities should also be taken care of. Do, do you so understand what the point? you're saying makes a lot of sense, you know, that there are different roles and these roles are assigned uh, according to uh, an individual's gender. And there is flexibility amongst those roles, I think. But what you're describing seems to be very specific to marital life. Um, I'm trying to think of it from a perspective of uh, someone like myself who's not married um, and maybe another female who's also not married. Um, wherein lies... Um, our differentiation and our difference in status. I can understand between husband and wife, you know, the equality. Uh, Islam really tries to promote the equality between gender roles between husband and wife. But what about in the larger uh, context of the entire world? You know, when we read the Quran, we have to see the context. So this verse specifically is talking about married life. 
And a lot of people don't understand that. And that's why it seems to them that uh, this is talking about gender inequality between men and women. But when we look at this verse, chapter 4, verse 35, it's all about the husband and wife. And it's, it's clearly saying that the reason... You see, the Quran is always trying to give us reasons why those commandments or statements are the way they are. And the reason given here is that men are spending of their wealth on women. And this is specifically about marital life that they are spending. Now, there are ample, ample verses in the Holy Quran that talk about equality. They talk about the fact that men and women are to be treated exactly the same. There is absolute equality. Believing, And there are certain places where the Quran even mentions men and women specifically, believing men and believing women, obedient men and obedient women. It talks about them and it says that they will be granted their rewards in the afterlife with equality. There will be no difference between them when it comes to their spiritual growth or their spiritual rewards or their righteousness. All these things the Quran talks about. In fact, in one place, the Quran says that the real distinction between anyone is righteousness. Inna akramakum in the lahiyatkakum, the most respectable among you, the Quran says, the most respectable among you is one who is most righteous. So righteousness is what the Quran is all about. Here in this verse, chapter 4, verse 35, it actually applies to very specific circumstances. And in this case, it's applying to a marriage circumstances. And in marriage, the man is the breadwinner, is the head of the family. And the Quran and the other religions like Christianity and Judaism also talk about how the man is the head of the family. After all, you need that one person uh, who's running th things and who's making the final decisions, right? Th th that's how a, any company, any um, any corporation, any other place works. They they can they can the final decision maker is one person, right? Uh, the country is run by one president. Uh, the final decision maker is one person. Of course, they 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 they, they consult and they talk and they discuss and all these so things. This this is where I think uh, the lines get blurry a little bit between gender equality, where this idea of final decision making um, is granted towards men, as you have said. So w w my first question would be that why is it that men are granted um, this final decision capacity, um, and isn't that in itself speaking to the inequality? Um, and maybe that's a longer conversation that we can get to. Um, but I wanted to touch on the spirituality aspect, because from my understanding, um, prophethood is the highest status of uh, spirituality that one can attain. I am I right in believing that? Yeah, that that is a that is the highest status uh, according to one verse of the Holy Quran. That's also in the same chapter, chapter four, verse seventy. Quran talks about different stages, and the highest stage for a man to achieve is so prophet. In that sense, since women can't be prophets, doesn't that mean that in righteousness as well, men have a higher status than women? Men can, ha you see, women can have that status in spirituality, but but. When it comes to the role of prophethood, again, that's a gender role, and 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 that's not that's not uh, that's not an issue of status. Uh, yes, the Quran defines it in those terms, but the Quran speaks very highly, for instance, of uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the Quran says uh, in 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 I believe this was uh, this is the last couple of verses in Surah Tahrim. The Quran says uh, that the uh, the the, um, the believers can reach two stages, and one stage is that of the wife of Pharaoh and the other stage is that of Mary. The Quran talks about that and the Quran says that the higher status is that of Mary. And 
you know, when it comes to stage or status, uh, yes, uh, men and women are absolutely equal, and 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 this is this requires a deeper study of the Quran, uh, and we are running out of time today. But uh, I can tell you, the Quran is very clear when it comes to status or stage. It's absolutely equal. But when it comes to, you see, prophethood, prophethood is a role. And only men can play that role. And there are a whole bunch of reasons why. One of those reasons is that prophethood requires men to be out in the open, to, be, to put themselves out there. And, and, and it's a very public position. It's a very public position. And Islam, uh, as we have talked about in previous episodes, is about segregation. It's about v- uh, the, the veiling from women. It's about giving them that respect and privacy. Uh, and because of that respect and privacy th- uh, that is required of women, uh, they cannot hold that kind of public position where they're always talking to others. They're always in the public. They're always talking about their faith. And so this kind of position is only granted, this kind of role, gender role, is only granted to men, uh, I- I- even in spiritual terms. So this is a, more of an administrative, I should say. It's more of a, it's more of a role. Uh, but again, we can talk about it in the future as we are running out of time Definitely. today. Definitely, and I think this does require um, a, a more, um, more time to be, to be shed on this. As you mentioned, Islam is about justice. And I feel that you know, if we want to do justice to this topic, uh, then we would need to spend more time i just did wanted to just mention one last thing when you said about the the man holding the final decision that is not an absolute uh statement i mean when we do counseling of of married couples we we always encourage them to come to decisions mutually this is not something that they have to be like the man can say oh this is my decision and 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 he just totally ignores his wife or anything like that what i'm trying to say is that he does have that slight edge but the husband and wife do have to come together and has to be a mutual decision and the quran talks about these things as well it's not just that Uh, the quran talks about these things as well that they have to come together to to a mutual decision uh and uh and uh this is encouraged this is this is not something that the the Quran says that if the, the husband just takes a final decision and is being cruel. If he is being cruel, then the wife has certain rights and she can take certain actions against him. Um, so so it's a it's a whole lot of uh, different topics that we can we can definitely. And you know, I definitely have a lot of thoughts about some of the things you said, and um, hopefully we can cover those together. And I hope that you know uh, our listeners that are listening to this podcast also um, is sparking conversations in their own circles and they're also curious and doubts are being raised and we encourage this because it allows the conversation to continue and if you do have doubts um, you can reach us at the conviction project at gmail.com or you can view uh, listen to all of our previous podcasts and also submit doubts there at www.theconvictionproject.com We will see you next week. Once again, this is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. It is the truth from thy Lord. Be not, therefore, of those who doubt.